What is up, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Extra Special Podcast. My name is John Andrade, and I am recording live here with Extra Special People from Watkinsville, Georgia. I'm so happy to be able to provide an opportunity for my community and my organization to have our voices heard. This podcast has been a project that I've been thinking about uh, since last year, honestly. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just so excited to finally be at the point where I'm able to start producing some content. So I work for a place called Extra Special People, like I said, and we provide opportunities for people of all abilities and their families to engage, connect, and thrive. So we do this through year-round programming. We have 10 weeks of summer camp. We have our after-school programs. We have community outreach. We have fundraising and so much more. So this podcast is going to really help us spread the message of ESP to our listeners, but it's also going to help us provide a platform for different members of our community to kind of share their thoughts and their stories as they pertain to ESP. So we have a lot of different types of people here at ESP. We obviously have our participants and all of our family members, but beyond that, we have our summer staff, we have interns, we have our full-time staff that are here all year, as well as the six AmeriCorps members. Uh, we have our board that is above um, kind of everybody here, extra special people, as well as, you know, just different volunteers and just all types of different community members and different community partners that help us out and help us spread the mission of ESP. So with all these different types of people here, I figured there should be some outlet in some way that we'd be able to kind of share our thoughts and share our, th- our, our stories and kind of spread the message of ESP. And that's what I'm going to hopefully be able to do with this podcast. So I'm going to try to have a different guest on the podcast every single week that can provide a different perspective on what it means to be involved with ESP. That's the goal for this podcast um, as far as the first season goes. As far as this first episode goes... I'm going to be having on our executive director, Laura Whitaker. Now, for those of you who don't know, Laura has been our executive director since 2006, and she has been the driving force behind all of the big changes at ESP. We've gotten, you know, new buildings. We've gotten new vehicles. We've started so many new amazing programs and so many new initiatives and campaigns, and she's been really you know the brains behind most of all of those big things so i could think of really nobody better to have on the podcast and have on the first episode of the podcast uh, other than laura whitaker you know uh, she's going to be able to tell us the history of esp we have an amazing conversation about how she first got involved um some of her tough challenges some advice that she has for other people there's some really great content in there um and i'm so happy with the way that our conversation came out So, like I said, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but it's going to be Laura Whitaker on this first episode of the podcast, and I'm super happy that we're able to provide that for you guys. Um, So, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode, and I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Thanks. Hello guys, welcome to the first ever episode of the Extra Special Podcast. I'm live here at Extra Special People with Laura Whitaker. Laura, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know how busy you have it with all your things going on and everything. You know what? There's nothing I love more than sharing about ESP and sharing stories so that people can see the people behind the logo. And so I love this concept and this idea. 100%. And just because of your position here with extra special people being our executive director being the number one in command i could think of nobody better to be on the first episode and kind of tell the story of extra special people and how we've gotten to this point so super excited about that absolutely um as far as the first question i just want to know 
your story. How did you get involved with the extra special people? Kind of like the timeline because you weren't always the executive director. You didn't I start off it. on that spot. Absolutely. So how did you get involved? What was kind of your first experience with extra special people? Yeah, so I walked in um, to what's now the gym of ESP in 2003. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman at the University of Georgia. And volunteering was very much a way of life for my family. And we um, we volunteered as a family. We had always had extra people at our dinner table that looked different than we did. People of all backgrounds and colors and disabilities and abilities. And um, so when I came to Georgia, I'm like, what am I going to do? I guess right. I'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I heard about ESP from um, my ex-boyfriend's sister. So he had there a great go. contribution to my life <laughs> in that go. way uh-huh. and introduced me. I was an 18-year-old college student um, and walked in at what we call club. And that program is still uh, very vibrant today. And club looked like about 30 individuals with disabilities in this gym room um, having a good time, doing everything from music to arts and crafts, dancing. You know, we always end with a dance mm-hmm. party of some sort, yeah. karaoke. Um, it was, you know, 16 years ago, very much the same feeling as it is today. And I immediately fell in love with um, the fact that I could hug the kids. I could tell them that I loved them. I could look at their eyes and see the belief in what this place meant to them and then I could look at their parents and meet and greet their parents and it was just every sense of community that I could ever imagine and um, I met Martha Wiley Mm -hmm. so Martha is the founder of ESP and um, her and her husband started it um, back in 1986 she saw that people with disabilities didn't have the same opportunities as typical kids did during the summer Mm -hmm. and so she took eight kids and started at a local church, a typical summer program, just giving them the more more support. So if mm-hmm. they had seizures or they had Down syndrome and they talked a little slower than typical children, or if they had G-tubes or tracheotomies or whatever, she wanted to provide this summer camp experience. And so, so many of the traditions like flag and hip hip hoorays and all those things mm-hmm. that we do were created by Martha. She really saw, and it's fun, it was through her camp experiences. She pulled all those different camp experiences together, like from Rock Eagle and other camps, um, and really created what ESP is today. Mm -hmm. Um, so I met Martha that first Saturday that I volunteered and I came up to her at the very end and said, I loved this. What can I do next time? Mm -hmm. And it was a once a month program. That's all we had during the year until summer camp. And she said, well, next month, and I believe it was November, you can lead music. And I love music, but I'm not a very musically inclined person. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, whatever that means. So I studied that next month and brought my boom box in and totally made a fool of myself (laughs) leading music. Um, But it was so much fun. And Mm -hmm. that was the first leadership opportunity that she gave me. Um, Fast forward to the next summer. I ended up working as a camp counselor and subsequently was put on the leadership team in the middle of the summer. Martha and I really bonded um, through that summer. Both of her and I were going through some medical challenges. Mm -hmm. And so we bonded through that. And it turns out um, things were okay with me, but things were not okay with Martha. Mm -hmm. Um, It was that July she sat us down at the very end of the summer and looked at 20 counselors and told us that she had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so it was very much a punch in the gut. We all knew that Martha was a volunteer director. 
-hmm. She was never paid a dime to run ESP. She also had everything in her head. Mm -hmm. So there was no donor database. There was no Facebook at the time. There was no email um, situation going through. She would handwrite every and mail every single correspondence that she had with a family or with a donor. And so um, she ended up passing away October 8th Mm -hmm. um, of that year, um, which was 2014. Mm and excuse me 2004 2004 2004 yeah, yeah. not 2014 2004 yeah, yeah. um and uh from that point forward we had um an amazing um uh, college student she was a year older than me um her name is Ashley Downs she's actually an ESP mom mm-hmm. now um Cardell's mom, um, Cardell's mom. Yep. and so she took over for the next year and um, and I was able to help support her on the leadership team that next summer. And then it was December of 2015. Mm-hmm. To, excuse me, 2005. 2005 yeah. <laughs> it was it was um, December of 2005 that I um, that Ashley called and said, "Do you want to run camp next summer?" Oh wow! And so I was 19 at the time, and I did what every other stupid 19-year-old would do, and I was like, sure, I can run camp. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) What you don't know won't kill you, right? And um, so I remember my parents saying, are you crazy? You're not just running camp. You're the executive director of Mm -hmm. a nonprofit. And I'm like, oh, I'm not an executive director. I'm a camp director. Um, And in fact, I refused to take on that title for six years because I just felt like... As a 19-year-old, it was way too pretentious, and I just felt like I'm a camp director, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so uh, we had a $50,000 deficit in January. I had to raise $50,000 between January and May. Oof. I turned 20 years old in February. Oh, I was a sophomore in college. Still had to figure out a way to keep my grades up right, and, yeah. you know, do the whole college thing. Um, but also needed to raise that money, plan camp hire 30 camp counselors that were my age. A lot um, on your plate. There was a lot. There yeah. was a lot. But, you know, I, I really feel like sometimes you choose your job and other times it chooses you. And mm-hmm. I definitely felt like at that moment, um, while it was so overwhelming, I couldn't help but say yes because this is one of the most amazing places I've ever had the opportunity to walk into. And if I could do something to help. I maybe mm-hmm. couldn't do everything, but I could do something, and mm-hmm. I could say yes. And I'm so glad that I did. Fifteen years later. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's such an amazing place. It's it's you describe it to people, and you don't really get the full gist of it until you come and you step into the doors and you actually see programs, or you see a flag during the summer, or you see like a really cool club event. It's so amazing to describe. I spent all last year describing it to people, but you really just have to see it kind of up close in person to get the full idea of it. Yeah, sometimes I relate it to like. If you've never been to Disney World, mm-hmm. you know it's great, mm-hmm. right? And, like, everybody can agree with you that it's really amazing. Yeah. But until you've actually gone down Space Mountain and worn the Mickey Mouse ears mm-hmm. and eaten the ice cream as you watch Tinkerbell fly down the castle, you don't, like, really get it. And experience. you can't really experience it until you walk in and you experience it yourself. I feel like ESP is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knows it's great. They see the pictures or they see the videos and they're like, wow, that's a really amazing place. Kids are thriving. People are happy. But when you walk in and you experience it yourself, you're like, 
oh, you have those moments that ground you and those stories that the people that you will hear that I'm sure this podcast will feature that mm-hmm. these people have remarkable stories and they've yeah. overcome um, remarkable challenges and risen above and they're they're happy and they're joyful and they love life and um, I'm amazed every day at the people that we serve because mm-hmm. of their resilience and their capacity to love and um, when you have those moments that's what really hooks you in absolutely absolutely that actually leads me to my next question because I wanted to talk on that subject of kind of challenges and what you face during this kind of journey of raising this nonprofit to where it was when you were first here to where it is now what do you think is the biggest challenge that you have faced in your time throughout all your years here at Extra Special People um, could be something you were literally working with yourself, something that you're just kind of a part of, but what do you think was the toughest thing that you had to overcome um, in terms of getting ESP to where it is today? That's a great question. Um, hands down, probably, you know, not the typical answer, but learning to lead people. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are always amazing mm-hmm. and they're going to respond to programs um, and love being here no matter what. Um, it's the employee piece and the leadership piece that's the challenging part. And mm-hmm. I went through um, a few employees early on. I worked as um, the, the sev- several years by myself. And mm-hmm. then as we grew, um, hired my first full-time employee and then my second full-time employee. And um, and as we grew, you know, now we have 12 and we've got over 30 interns and the six amazing AmeriCorps um, members. And, uh, and so now it's easy to think like, well, gosh, it must have been easy for Laura. No. Mm-hmm. Um, the first few employees that I hired, I thought that they believed in our mission. I thought that they would work as hard as I did. I thought that they would have integrity. Mm-hmm. I thought that they would understand vision. And I quickly learned that not everybody thought and felt the way that I did. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really hard reality for me as a young leader. I also had to learn how to protect ESP more than I protected other people. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I would feel nervous about having a hard conversation with an employee or having to fire employees. Um, And it was when I finally figured out it was my job to protect the most important person in the room, which was ESP. And if anything was threatening that, then I had to make hard decisions and Mm -hmm. have hard conversations and coach and believe in people, but also have high expectations for people um, because I'm protecting ESP Mm -hmm. and the future of ESP 20 years down the road. And so I'm not amazing at it now. I still have my flaws, absolutely. But I think I'm more comfortable in my skin as a leader and coaching people and giving people feedback and letting people go if they're not a great fit for ESP. They could be mm-hmm. a great fit for someone else. Yeah. Um, and really feeling that sense of protection over the organization. So leadership, hiring, managing, there's no there's no book that you can read that teaches you exactly the how-to yeah. manual. Yeah. Because every person you lead is different and 100%. they need a different type of leader. So really experience and mentorship are the two keys to where I'm at today mm-hmm. as a leader. Um, I had people holding me accountable, giving me feedback, um, training me. They were the other, at the other end of the phone when I was saying, I'm about to have to fire an employee. Will you walk me through this? Yeah. Can you pray for me? Or can you talk to me about this? Give me some words. Um, so those mentors and then also just some good hard grit 
experience and that's kind of what's helped me to learn along the way absolutely absolutely that's that's actually kind of leads to my next question i wanted to touch on your inspirations and kind of people that have impacted you while you're here if you could kind of point out maybe one person or even one instance where you just got a great piece of advice or great piece of mentorship from somebody somebody that really made an impact in you being the leader that you are today does anything stand out just over the years Oh, man. I, so I feel like each chapter of ESP, I've had a different like purpose or a different moment or a different person that's inspired me. But I'll, I guess the one I'll reference is the latest one. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, because it was like Laura ESP party of one mm-hmm. 10 years ago, and now it's party of, you know, 100. 100 yeah. Um I have kind of done every job, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a vision of how I want even the smallest programs to the biggest programs to run. Now that there are so many people with so many minds and so much brilliance and intelligence and experience involved, and it's not just Laura Whitaker, party of one, um, the best advice I got was a couple years ago, um, I was actually listening to a podcast and I heard Andy Stanley say, do the things that only you can do Mm -hmm. and let other people do the things that only they can do. Mm. And it, it struck me because of two reasons. One, I need to focus on the things here at ESP that only Laura Whitaker can do at ESP. And one day it'll be somebody different that's doing it for me. But those things are vision casting. Those things are strategic plans. Those things are, um, you know, talking to major donors. Those things are selling Java Joy all over the country. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I thrive at. Um, there are other people that can run programs. There are other people that can handle our operations. And you know what? They're actually better at it than me. Mm-hmm. And in me being able to pull back and focus on the things that only I can do, that also relates to me being a mom. Like, no one else can be a mom to my three children. Mm-hmm. Only I can do that. And I can have somebody else pick them up from school and feed them dinner and all that. But no one else can be their mom. So mm-hmm. I've got to make sure I leave margin and time to be their mom because that's mm-hmm. something only I can do and a wife and a daughter. Um, and those things are hard to balance, but focusing on the things that only I can do gives me freedom and also empowers the people around me that I lead to Absolutely. say like, you know what, Jake Sapp, you are an amazing program director. Why don't you be the program director? And you are you manage programs and you oversee programs and that gives Jake an opportunity to do what only he can do. Right. And Ashley the oppor- and all of these people are able to rise to the occasion and do what only they can do. Um, and so that has really changed the course of how I've led ESP the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that our growth has benefited from that right. as well. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I think when people get into leadership positions, and I've definitely been in this position in the past, you sometimes you tend to think that you have to have your hands in kind of every pot and you have to kind of be the head honcho for every different operation of wherever you're working at. But like you said, it's super important to recognize that everyone is good at something and everyone has something that they can contribute and like you said it's super empowering to give somebody a new task um and give them something new to work on and just kind of watch them grow and watch them blossom out of that so yeah i think that's super important because i've definitely been in that position before and it's so fun to watch people 
like rise to the occasion and even just I'll give you a shout out doing this podcast. Like thank you. This has been in my head for so long. I didn't even say that to you. You had this idea on your own and you implementing it. Laura Whitaker doesn't have time to implement a podcast, but I want stories to be told and this is something only John can do. And so this is, you know, an empowerment opportunity. If I was trying to do it all, it wouldn't be a great podcast, but you can make it a great podcast. So um, it's really fun to watch people mm-hmm. do what only they can do and and contribute to ESP in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. I definitely appreciate it too. I, I, I wouldn't be in this position without all the great leadership from you guys and just feeling empowered and feeling like I have the ability to do this because I've, I have zero, ex- full disclosure, I have zero experience with making a podcast, but just being in this position and just knowing that people are behind me and have my yes. back, it just makes it that much easier to do. Yes. Most definitely. Um. And another thing, I, I love how you're answering these questions because you're kind of leading into my next question. Oh, that good. We have t- good synergy. 100%. You touched on your family a little bit. Um, yeah. And people that are around ESP, um, they know like the whole Whitaker clan. They know all you guys. <laughs> you're there at the events and everything. But um, for people that don't know, what kind of role has your family played um, in the growth of ESP? Um, what do you think they've gained from just being around here? And how have you seen ESP affect the lives of your husband and your children over the course of the years? Yeah, gosh. Um, it's funny what, you know, what was the impact on my family? Um, I was talking to Finley, who's my seven-year-old daughter last night, and we were talking about NKA, which is our adult program Mm -hmm. that's happening tomorrow. And we've got this Hawaiian theme and a frat house and Mm -hmm. all that. And so she said, well, mommy, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? And I said, well, you know, this is what's kind of going on and this is what Mia's doing. And, um, Mia is a 35 year old with Down syndrome that's lived with our family for 10 years. So she's mm-hmm. very much a part of our family. So I'm describing typically Mia eats dinner with us. So I was describing that Mia's going to NKA and my seven year old Finley said, well, mom, I want to go to NKA. And I'm like, well, sweetie, you're not old enough. And she said, well, when I'm 18, am I going to be old enough to go to NKA? Mm-hmm. And I think I have those moments every single week with my children because what's a beautiful about my children growing up around here is they don't they don't understand that we serve people with disabilities right and that these programs are just for people with disabilities they think that ESP is so cool and I always want them to feel that way because I always want them to see any time I take away from them I want them to see what what where mommy's going when she has to go to a meeting at night where mommy is when she has to go to a conference or when she has to go across the country for a new job of joy. I want them to know and to feel that they're a part of this too. And they may be sacrificing a little bit, but they're a part of something really much bigger than themselves. And they do, they love it. And so we have a 11 year old, a seven year old, a two year old, and then Mia. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I always say that my husband, Joseph is the real boss because I go <laughs> home and sort out all of the things, you know, it's often lonely at the top. And yeah. so when you have certain situations around work, I go home and kind of, he helps me sort through a lot of um, what's in my head. Yeah. And so he really ultimately makes a lot of the decisions that end up getting implemented around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody in my family is involved. And I really feel like I had no other executive directors and they have a very clear line between, quote, work and home. And I think while there are benefits to that type of margin, um, I think there are more drawbacks when it's not about community mm-hmm. um, because it becomes about a tension of work and home. And mm-hmm. for the Whitakers, it's not work or home. 
it's ESP and mm-hmm. ESP is our community. And mm-hmm. so when we come to family dinner here, we're just going to dinner. Yeah. Um, and so there's never that tension. I will say never. Sometimes there is that tension. But more often than not, there's not that tension of work, home. That separation. It, they're a yeah. part of it too. Yeah, 100%. And, um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see when they're like, 25 and 30 if I have to pay for their counseling one day <laughs> to see if this this model really yeah. worked out but really I think it comes down to community and they have friends here um, so many of the ESP participants are like brothers and sisters to them and so it's about that like relationship community um, uh, love and experiencing life together with people that aren't like us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think it definitely radiates off of them when you see them just around the participants. They don't, like, see the difference at all. Like, they're just hanging out with their friends and being with their family, like you said. And it's kind of beautiful to see that at such a young age because that isn't prevalent or prominent in a lot of people's minds. A lot of people still see that. They still are apprehensive around this population. They still, you know, get nervous and things like that. But from such a young age to kind of grow them and to have that in their heads, to know that they're, these are people just like me and you, and they deserve to have all the fun and all the amazing experiences that we have, I think is a, a really amazing thing. I uh, think to so see too. And so many people wait until their kids are 12 or 13 to like quote volunteer. And I'm like, come as a family, yeah. you know, we have fall festivals and dinners and all these things. And if they see you volunteering and engaging with people with disabilities, even the, from the time they're five, they're going to be watching the parents. And then if the parents are volunteering, the kid's going to get engaged and they're going to grow up around it. And like you said, not know much of a difference. Mm-hmm. So um, it's fun. It's a fun experiment for sure. So Absolutely. hopefully it'll work out. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see in about 10, 10 That's right. Years, like yeah. To be continued. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, well, those are most of my questions. I know you're super busy. You have a lot of things to do. Um, one thing I just want to end off with, do you have anything that you would like um, personally, books, podcasts, music, that you would like to share with the listeners? Anything that you have found interesting um, in the past few weeks or past year at, at any point? Um, like I said, books, songs, podcasts, anything that you would want to share with other people? Oh, gosh, I listen to in. so many. I love so many. Uh-huh. Um it's hard to even choose. So we read a book that I still think to this day is like, there's, there's two books I'll recommend. Um, uh, the power of moments Mm -hmm. is one of the books. And, um, that book is the most remarkable book I've ever read as it relates to the importance of like one moment and how it impacts people around you. Everything from like leadership to business, to culture, to family moments. Um, that book is, is one of the best books I've ever read. So I highly recommend the power of moments. Um, the other book that I read when I was in that kind of real tricky, um, season that I talked about in leadership Mm -hmm. and questioning myself as a leader and all of that, uh, was a book called the happiness advantage. And it was written by, um, some psychologists that work at Harvard that really studied happiness and they just studied how people are happy or are not happy. And, um, the premise of it is all about emotional intelligence and how you train your brain. And it's like anyone, regardless of their situations, which is what we started off with. Mm-hmm. There's so many individuals here who have had really difficult lives. And yet on a day-to-day moment to moment basis, they are some of the most joyful people that you will ever meet. Mm-hmm. And so this book really talks about how our brains work and how you can train and have rhythms in your mind to train you on what happiness can look like and mm-hmm. feel like on a day-to-day basis. And it really taught me a lot about 
what's going on in between my two ears, how it affects my actions, how it affects my relationships, how it affects my leadership. So I would highly recommend the happiness advantage as well. There we go. Absolutely. Laura Wicker, thank you so much for being thank on the podcast. Thank you so much we for having it. me. Absolutely. I'm excited. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next time. guys so thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of the extra special podcast me and laura had such a good time sitting down and having our conversation and i hope that there were some cool things that you guys could gain from the conversation some insight some new information that you didn't know before um hopefully you got something from the conversation so thank you so much for listening in and being a part of the very first episode of the extra special podcast i'm just going to leave off with a couple upcoming events that we have so on october 20th which is going to be a sunday we're going to be having our fall festival so that is going to be october 20th from four to seven and that is going to be at our camp property at camp parade in jefferson georgia it's going to be a 193 strickland lane in jefferson georgia going to be a real fun event everyone's going to be in costumes there's going to be food music um a whole bunch of accessible booths every activity there is going to be 100 accessible we're going to have bounce houses um a lot of cool things going on a lot of fun and a great way to meet new families and kind of connect with our esp family so that's going to be on october 20th and then two days after that on the 22nd we're going to be having uh, our family dinner for october so that's going to be at 5 p.m at the esp building in watkinsville so definitely hope to see you guys there we're going to be having pizza pizzas made by our um, fel team so definitely hope to see you guys there at our family dinner on october 22nd at 5 p.m and then on October 24th, one of our biggest events of the year, we're going to be having Bulldog and Buddies. So Bulldogs and Buddies is the one, I would say definitely one of the most fun events of the year that we have. So we get a really cool opportunity to go meet the UGA football team. So we get to go meet the dogs. Um, we get to see the last about 30 minutes of their practice and then we get to go on the field and take a bunch of pictures with them and get autographs and a lot of cool stuff like that so it's going to be a really cool opportunity for us to be able to kind of meet them um, meet all their heroes so definitely hope to see you guys out there make sure you get registered for that if you are not like i said that's going to be october 24th from four to seven so once again, I really appreciate you guys being a part of the first ever episode of the Extra Special Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to try to start getting these episodes churned out um, on a more frequent basis. Hopefully we can get start off with at least two a month, but we're going to try to get it to where we can have possibly one every week. So uh, stay tuned on that. Um, much love and peace to everyone that's listening. And um, I hope you guys take care. Hope to hear from you soon. All right. Peace.